ACC chaos earlier this week. North Carolina losing to Georgia Tech. Uh, and will we get more tomorrow night? Duke, Carolina. We've got Tennessee, Kentucky. We've got Houston, Kansas. We'll touch on all of those, plus anything else uh, we may have our eyes on this college basketball weekend. UConn in action tomorrow afternoon as well. Purdue on Sunday. So definitely some things to keep an eye out for. It is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Listen to us on your Odyssey app so you can take us with you wherever you go and catch up on what you may have missed when things are posted in podcast form later in the day. A-U-D-A-C-Y. It's free. Download it today or just it's a Friday. Maybe you didn't even bother going into the office. You're <clears throat> working from home then be sure to watch us, twitch.tv slash BetQL, or on YouTube as well. We appreciate you doing so. Back into Super Bowl 58, top of the hour with Bill Krakenberger, the crack man, going to join us from Vegas to talk about everything going on out there, including what bets he likes now just nine days away from Super Bowl 58. In 20 minutes, we continue our NFL year in review day by day, today focusing on the NFC West. Maybe we'll touch a little NBA here in a couple minutes as well, guys. But college hoops-wise... The three big matchups that we talked about earlier with Mike Rutherford. We don't have lines on these. We've got the Ken Palm projected lines, of course, to look at and try to get a bead on where these things will sit come tip tomorrow. Um, he he made a good point about the conspiracy theory of the, the where the whistles go to hide at Fog Allen Fieldhouse uh, in Kansas at home. You know, sort of the, the standard bearer, the flag waver for the Big 12 and Houston, the new upstarts come into the conference. They've handled that transition well to this point so far, Joe, but congratulations. Now you get to go rock chalk Jayhawk on their home mm-hmm. floor. Yeah, for sure. I'm just uh, catching up on this hootie stuff, man. This is crazy. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what? How, how is this surprising to people? Well, and then his ex girlfriend, his ex girlfriend's making beef. posts laughing at him. Like, man, there's a, there's a lot going on. Yeah. Okay. Qu- and they, they're quickly, giving him, they're making him take mug shots, making him take mug shots for misdemeanor marijuana when this possession. Is legal, when this is legal in how many states? Come on. This is most. Nice. Yeah, I was surprised. Yeah. Like, who's getting arrested for that these days? But <sighs> what a joke. When I saw the headline, I was thinking it was not marijuana. It might have been something else. I was like, oh. Of course. Okay, of course. Yeah, you would surprised. think that. But uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's this. This is a tough. So Houston, you know, ever since those back-to-back losses, they, they've rattled off five straight wins. Now pushed by Texas, obviously earlier this week. You know, Kansas, they've been strong at home, but those home games, like, have they really been tested? I don't think a team anywhere close to what Houston is. I'm curious where this line is. Now I know that Ken Palm is saying it's five. I. Does anybody believe that Kansas is going to be a five-point home dog? There's no, no. way, right? This no. will be like maybe three? Two and a half? At most? Yeah. At most? Um, yeah. I, I guess I understand how they, how they got to that number. But, um, yeah, I mean, the two-point percentage for Houston offensively has been rough. We know how they make their mark. It's on the defensive end of the court, but it's been a popular bet this season, even though they haven't been tested at home. If you're getting – more than three let's say we get there and people are just betting with some of the algorithms that are available and laying it with houston on the road i'd probably take kansas if i'm getting more than a possession Mm -hmm. yeah and then we also have houston 
They lost back-to-back games on the road earlier to Iowa State and TCU, but then they've rattled off the five straight wins. But going back to Kansas at home and the whistles, you know, I Mm -hmm. think I would probably – we don't know the spread, but I think I would look at the Kansas side here with, you know, it is hard to bet against these home teams. Yeah, just get me to three. Get me to three, and I'm on three? Kansas. I think three. You yeah. take Kansas. I, I don't okay. need. I don't need the hook. I don't need anything more. Just get me to three, and I think that's that's. I'm the probably there. Uh, Houston um, five road games this year. Obviously, both losses of their 19 and two record on the road, but five road games, three and two straight up, one and four against the spread on the road. Now I know a lot of those games are laying a bigger number than this one's going to be. But yeah, of at least three, I I'd be there, and I I think we'll get at least three, Chris. If, yeah, if if you if and then I will be all over it. I will. Um, yep. Duke Carolina uh, is it's Duke Carolina. Look, it, I know Mike Rutherford when he was on an hour ago made a good point. Some people, much like those feeling the Swift Kelsey fatigue this week and next, some people complain about Duke Carolina fatigue. Complain about it all <laughs> you want. I mean, nine times out of ten, it's a great game. It's a great game. It's a great rivalry. It's good for college basketball when both of these teams are good. I don't say that as a guy who's in an ACC market. I say that as a guy who likes to see that energy around college basketball. And it's there this weekend in the Dean Dome, UNC against Duke. I don't have the Ken Palm line in front of me. I'll leave that to you, Joe. But um, this this is, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I, don't, I don't traditionally play Duke-UNC games because there's too much volatility in them for me. Like too much anything can happen. It's five. Um, that there's no way they're getting five, right? It's gonna be one of those those weekends where you're probably gonna be taking the dog if it's more than three points, and there are a few spots where that could be the uh the possibility. You'd have to imagine North Carolina was kind of looking ahead earlier this week, right? With Georgia Tech and the Duke yeah. game looming at home, where they've been so dominant. So, I would I would think so. Um, uh, you know, in another situation. Here we are in the middle of a of conference play about, and it's one of these teams, okay, they have a gaudy home record, and then you look at the teams they've played. Like, North Carolina hasn't really played anybody. Nowhere near Duke, or or it's been since November since they've played somebody at home that's really been tough. Not an O at home, but in those nine home games, they're five and four against the spread. So I would guess it's a max of, similar to that Houston-Kansas line, three, three and a half as opposed to, uh, to that five. I mean, you've got it's a top 10 Duke offense against a top five North Carolina defense. Uh, Duke's been on a roll, though. Like they went through some issues early on in the season. They've been figuring it out and uh, winners 11 of their last 12. But just that rivalry game, Aaron, if it's like three and a half or four, I probably have to take Duke. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, North Carolina 13 and 7 ATS, Duke 10 and 9, and then in the last 10 games North Carolina 8 and 2 ATS, Duke 6 and 4. It seems like a a, a close game like North Carolina by 4 something like that, so maybe I end up passing. Curious to see what the spread ultimately will be. 
Yeah. Like I said, there's so much volatility in, in this. So there is so much volatility, I should say, sorry, in this game that I, I don't know if I can lean anywhere until I actually see what the line settles at tomorrow afternoon. Tennessee, Kentucky. We talked with Mike Rutherford earlier. Again, you can go back, rewind inside your Odyssey app or download it as a podcast segment later. But uh, Kentucky might be in trouble here because they just don't want to play defense. Uh, they do it in fits and starts. Uh, but not at the right times, as he pointed out at the end of regulation against Florida, for example. Um, they've got the loss to South Carolina. Granted, it's on the road, uh, but they, and, and you know the other loss to, to Kansas on a neutral court way back in November. I don't know if that means anything to anybody anymore or not, but um, this is an opportunity, I think, for them at home to maybe find some footing against Tennessee. Um, 12 and eight against the spread, the Wildcats and the Ken Palm line, Tennessee by two on the road, Joe. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, once everybody started talking about jumping on that Kentucky bandwagon, what has happened? Mm -hmm. They're four and three in their last seven games. (laughs) So, um, I probably shouldn't be too surprised coming off that Florida loss. Okay. Like in that four and three stretch, do we kill them for that? A couple of them are overtime losses. You mentioned the defense. Yeah, and the opposition gets into the 90s. It's going to be tough to win. Tough to win. And that's what happened against uh, Texas A&M and Florida. Those two overtime losses that I'm referencing. But but yeah, it's they've got to figure that out. But aside from that, I don't know. I, I'm not going to kill them in that. Conference games, Like I know that they're supposed to be better than Texas A&M and Florida. Uh, those two overtime losses. But a lot of times when you get to those situations where it's a coin flip, you know, one play goes this way or that way in overtime, I'm, I'm not going to kill the team. The problem is yeah. that the expectation was that they were going to start to take off and not really, not really. They were more impressive beforehand. Yeah. I like the wildcats. I think they'll bounce back after that disappointing loss to Florida. They're at home. Um, it's a tough place to play. Uh, Tennessee one and two ATS against ranked opponents on the road this season. So I'd probably just be looking at the wildcat side here. Yeah. I don't think Kentucky has gotten points at all this year at home. Um, I'm just scrolling back through and I don't see that anywhere. So give me, if you're going to give me Kentucky with, even if it's just a bucket, uh, give me that at home. If that's where that one lands as well. Um, and then I, I mentioned one that I'll have an eye on as well. Uh, UConn, St. John's, uh, UConn favored by four on the road at St. John's. They only beat St. John's by four at home earlier this year. Um, again, that was a game without Donovan Klingon, I, I believe. I'd have to go back and double check the box score. But UConn, just, they win ugly. And th- I'm okay with that. Like it, It's not always the best for your bets. But on the road, that's what you're going to have to do. And so, do I want to lay four? Probably not. I'll probably end up staying away from it. Um, I'd like to see what the UConn money line number is maybe early tomorrow morning, see if that's got any value. Uh, But UConn will go to St. John's, and they'll win, and it might only be by a bucket. It might be laid on a final possession, but I'll take that. They're the number one team in the country, and they're kind of starting to look at it. I want a team that's going to win those ugly games, not a team that's going to lose those ugly games, which Purdue has continued to do a couple times this year, Joe. <sighs> I'm glad you're mentioning that one because that, that's where yeah. I'm going to be focused on Sunday. I can't wait for that. So like we laugh at Purdue on the show. A lot of people do, and I think that's certainly fair. I, I will never back them when it comes to the tournament. But like, <laughs> look at what happened at Wisconsin last night. 
So Purdue, they're coming off an overtime game again. Northwestern pushes them. I don't know if that's a bad matchup or what that is. Um, one time they won, one time they lost against Northwestern in these overtime games. But then you have, you know, the Badgers, how they just botched last night, and they were outscored in the second half and overtime by Nebraska, 53-29. to 53-29. to 29. But – it is always a different story when you're talking about playing up in Madison. You do have to remember that. Um, Purdue is going to be, I would assume, a short short road favorite, one possession, maybe maybe minus two. Um, but that's how how do both of these teams respond? And, you know, the, I kind of think about the referees too because there was so much chatter after that Northwestern game about the free throw disparity. Are they going to make sure it's pretty balanced in this game? It's a high-profile matchup? I would think so a little bit. I like Wisconsin at home as, as a short dog against Purdue. Hmm. Gosh, I'll go Purdue then. I think Wisconsin's a really good team. They have diff- different ways to beat you, but they haven't played um, a tough schedule in terms of the Big Ten yet, some really good teams yet. Mm-hmm. And I think Purdue, as lo- like you talked about, who's going to make adjustments, and it has to be more than just Edie. He needs other guys to step up and help him out. Maybe that's been the conversation since that Northwestern game, and I'll I'll back Purdue here. Stick they, uh, I, I, I found this interesting that Purdue maybe haven't had that opportunity yet in conference play. But they have not beaten a top 40 team on the road. Top 40. I'm not saying 25, 40. So th- this this is their first chance at it. Um, we'll see. That's the kind of thing that pushes me in the in the Wisconsin direction right there. That's again, I, I'm probably overvaluing it even still at this point in the season, but if you can't have at least a couple of decent road wins. Uh, then maybe you're just a maybe you're just a paper champ. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe we get maybe it's not the first round this year, but maybe it's the second round. Maybe you get bounced before you get to the Sweet 16, or maybe even if you make it to the second weekend because you haven't been able to prove to yourselves, much less anybody else, that you can win a big game on the road. You're just not battle tested enough. And, not and that's yet. something you got to get that opportunity though too. Like their their big wins early were neutral games or like semi home yeah. games, like true conference road games. Uh, we haven't seen it yet. Loss at Nebraska, loss at Northwestern. Um, here here's their big opportunity on center stage on Sunday. I agree. I think this is going to be show us a lot about you know could this Purdue squad be different or are we just going to see more of the same from them? As people want to say, it's different. We'll see. Yeah, it's not exactly. it's not different until you actually show me that. Well, you know, it's actually <laughs> it's different. Different until then, it's the same. And Mark, I think that's how that works. Yes. Yeah. Uh, lightning bets before we wrap up. Uh, Bill Krakenberger from Vegas coming up at the top of the hour, about twenty five minutes from now, to talk about Super Bowl Fifty Eight. We continue our year in review, division by division. Coming up next, we focus on the NFC West, a feisty Cardinals team. A Seahawks team that just couldn't quite get there and now has a new head coach, Rams, and, of course, the Super Bowl contestant Niners. All on the way next year on BetQL Daily.